Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Whitney and we're here back at the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast with a brand new episode for you. Today we're going to be talking about a really interesting idea about something that I have been diving into and a new way that I have been looking at a particular topic for myself and also for people that I work with at Modern Mommy Doc and in my clinic and thinking about kind of a way to explain what our centered life blueprint that we talk about at Modern Mommy Doc is all about. I found this Instagram post. It was by Brianna Weist, W-I-E-S-T, and it was on Fair Play Life. And she has a picture that's of a bubble bath and it says, true self-care is not salt baths and chocolate cake. It is making the choice to build a life you don't need to regularly escape from. And I thought about that a lot when I saw that post as it relates to working moms. And there was an additional part that I added that I think makes it even more poignant and speaks even more to the experience that the modern moms that I see everywhere in my clinic and also in my professional life at Modern Mommy Doc just tend to talk about all the time. So it's this idea of we want to create a life that we don't have to regularly escape from both at work and at home. And we also want to create a life that we don't have to regularly recover from. So let me tell you first, you know, in my personal story, I know that when I was a first time mom and my daughter was really difficult, really, really challenging in the first year to three, four years of her life, that I spent a lot of time recovering from life with her. I either spent a lot of time recovering from the work that I did to try to take care of her. So doing self-care that wasn't about maintenance, but was just about recovery. Like I needed to go on like a big date night away with my husband, or I needed to spend like a whole day away from my children instead of it being that I actually wanted to be making sure that I was creating a life where that didn't necessarily need to happen, where I could actually do things for myself that made it so that even if I was having a really hard time with her, that I was still able to be okay. And I know that that happens a ton for all of you out there as well as moms. The pandemic obviously highlighted the stressors that caregivers caregivers specifically place 
face in the workplace, but also at home. And we know that there's, of course, a ton of stressors that caregivers and that moms in general face just in the world, right? We've had rising gas prices. We've had formula shortages. We've had paid leave that was rejected as a potential movement that was going to happen for all of us. And the pandemic made it worse and worse and worse. There is a new report that's out from AFLAC Workforces, and it said that more than half of American workers are experiencing at least moderate levels of burnout. So 59%, a notable increase over 2021, where it was 52%. And that was on par with the levels reported in 2020 at the height of the COVID pandemic. So even though it should have felt like, of course, in the pandemic, you're juggling a lot of things, you're at home, you're with your kids, you feel extra stressed. Providers and workers are still feeling that sense of feeling so, so burnt out. And even though we predicted it would all get better when the pandemic subsided, obviously it it hasn't. And the question is why? I think, number one, there are a lot of expectations from employers to get back to business as usual. I remember back in September of 2021, as things were kind of regressing in terms of the pandemic, and this was before Omicron came around and Delta variant came around, that there were a lot of major banks, for example, that were saying, okay, get back into the office or else. And so this flexibility that parents had kind of quote unquote enjoyed during the pandemic I don't know how much was enjoyable in the pandemic at all, but at least there was that, the flexibility and this idea that maybe actually employers were going to start listening to what the demands were that workers had, that they were going to start paying attention to that. All those hopes were dashed. And so I think those expectations that have come from employers to just kind of like get back into the rhythm of things has made it really difficult. There's also a lack of people-first culture in a lot of workplaces. So we have to prioritize employee listening as a strategic mechanism to drive business success, right? We know that in workplaces where employers are maybe given a little bit of lip service or some surveys about what people want or what would make them satisfied, but it doesn't actually happen, that that makes it really difficult for workers to feel loyal and to feel invested and to feel like they're actually working on part of a team. We also know that there are childcare deserts. There are childcare deserts right now. They're driving a reliance on remote work for a lot of families. It's difficult to find childcare. We just recently put out a whole post about this at Modern Mommy Doc about how hard it is to find reliable childcare, to find any childcare at all, and to pay for childcare for the modern worker. And so when parents have this reliance on remote work coupled with these expectations from employers to not do remote work and get back to business as usual, that can create a ton of inner dissidence. We also know that caregivers are caught in the middle as part of the sandwich generation. We know that they are trying to take care of their aging parents, the baby boomers, and we also know that they're trying to take care of their kids. And especially for women, that those pulls and those obligations on time and on energy can make it so that then they leave the workforce or they cut back on their workforce involvement or integration. And that makes it even more difficult to feel like they're making true success in either their personal lives or their professional lives. 
Sexism is also continuing to play a role in the workplace and at home. We've had Eve Rodsky on the podcast talking about fair play, her book that is a strategic plan for dividing up labor between same-sex households. But we also know that in the workplace, try as we might and think that we might, you know, imagine that things are getting better for female workers, especially in high-pressure environments, we are having a more difficult time. There was a recent article in Forbes that talked about this idea of physician burnout increasing with the pandemic and post-pandemic, and that being actually even more prevalent for specific types of workers or specific fields of medicine. So whereas you might imagine, of course, that in the pandemic, physicians who are in the ICU or physicians who were in the emergency room or physicians who have been in critical care, those those physicians, of course, would be more burnt out. In fact, some of the specialties that are at the highest echelons in terms of that ranking of who's the most burnt out are people like pediatricians and OBs and family medicine docs. So pediatricians like me. And in the Forbes article, it discussed this idea of, of course, in those professions and those specialties, it tends to be significantly more women who are in those fields. And so those women, while they've had all the pressures of the pandemic, Their pressures didn't go away necessarily at home. In fact, the pressures of being at home and being caregivers have only increased during the pandemic. And even post-pandemic, we continue to live in this world of she-fault parenting, where parents who are females are at the forefront and tend to be consumed by all of the needs of their families and have all of those obligations and the unseen labor of families and the mental load placed upon them. So, We know that burnout is really real at home and also in the workplace. And we also know that caregiver burnout, it doesn't just affect workers personally, it also affects business in real tangible ways. So it's not just a nice to have to attend to the wellness of workers in whatever field that you're in, but it also really matters in terms of your employees and the work that they do. We know performance suffers and that the workforce suffers. So we know that performance suffers because mental health, when it is in a bad place, it negatively affects job performance of nearly half of the U.S. workforce in the past year. So 46% of people said that mental health was negatively affecting their performance compared with 34% in 2021. And now that 51% of employers are recognizing that employee mental health issues have affected their businesses over the past year. In terms of the workforce suffering, we know that there are specific populations that have been more affected than others. So again, we talked about females. We also know there are certain socioeconomic statuses that we know that there are people that are working multiple jobs. We know that people who are Latinx, that they are more affected also by by burnout. And we know that people are seeing that burnout is a problem within their organization. We know that they are expecting that people in the workforce are expecting their employers to actually care about their mental health and about burnout. So when I talk with heads of HR, when I talk with corporations about 
how can they support their families? How can they support caregivers in their workplace? I talk about it from a number of angles because I know that burnout is so prevalent. I know that it is increasing. It's on the rise. And I know that it matters so much that, again, it's not just about individuals thriving. It's about workplaces actually thriving. And that when workers feel that they are burnt out, from an individual level, but that also that their employers don't really care about their mental wellness. These are going to be people that are going to leave the workforce. So I tell people, if you want to create a workplace culture that prevents burnout and retains caregivers, you really need to think about helping your caregivers that are on your team figure out ways to create a life both at work and at home that does what Brianna Weist was talking about, right? Creating an integrated life you don't have to regularly escape from. How many of you have felt like, oh my gosh, I need to escape from my job in the last year to two years? I know that I have had those moments for sure at my day-to-day job seeing pediatric patients in my office. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the app store. We also have to pay attention to helping our team members, those who work below us in our workforce and those who work alongside us to have a culture and have a life that they don't have to constantly recover from, right? That they are not feeling like, my gosh, life is so difficult that I'm constantly in work really hard and then recover, work really hard, really recover. I like to think about it in terms of an analogy of people who are like the work hard, play hard people in college, right? If they're like, in a, in a fraternity, in a sorority, and they're one of those like really, really hardcore party ones. And like, man, all weekend long, they're partying. And then they have to like really pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get it together in terms of work. And then they feel like they've worked so hard because they're so stressed out at their really highfalutin college. And then they have to go party again, right? We know that's so unhealthy for young people and leads to all kinds of mental health problems, but then also physical problems. And we also know that's terrible for our workers. And so what I would say to HR directors or to people in business, CEOs even, who are thinking about how do I want to retain workers in my organization and how do I want to support them? And also, how do I want to get the best work out of them in a healthy way, which is a totally valid thing to want? The reality is you actually have to invest in that person on an individual level. You have to do things, of course, like treating your workforce like the humans they are. You have to do things like modeling authenticity and trust 
And that has to come from the leadership down, right? That has to say, you know, hey, I trust that you're going to get this work done and whatever way, shape or form it takes for you to do that. If that means you work at night or you work on your kids, you know, nap time, or you want to work from a hotel or you want to work from your office or car, or you want to come into the office or go to a coffee shop, whatever it is that makes it so that you can focus and do your absolute best work. That's what I want to do. And when we have that trust in our employers, our employees. And when we model that ourselves saying, I don't have it all together, man, I found myself so distracted the other day. And so I need to come back and actually like really figure out where I'm going to focus again, that that really, really does help to foster that workplace. That's going to prevent burnout and retain caregivers. We also have to create workplace practices that practice what we preach, a culture that's not just about niceties, not just about lip service, not just about talking about caring for our employees and our workforce, but also doing it. That means flexibility with equity, not equality. And this is to me like Every single person doesn't need to be treated equally. Not every single person needs to leave at 4 p.m. every single day. But there might be some people that need to have one day a week where they're not working, but they work longer hours than the other days, right? It doesn't work to create blanket statements that this is the way it's going to be for every single person. Instead, it's going back to that idea of listening to your workforce and having them tell you what it is that they need having options, letting people, again, with trust, choose the thing that's going to work the best for them. We also have to support caregiving out loud, right? There's this idea from Mary Beth Ferrante of when you are a parent and you are in senior leadership or in management, when you talk about yourself as being a parent and yourself as a whole person, if you're not a parent, so I love to go skiing or I love to go to the theater or all these different things, That allows other people under you to be able to be their true selves at work as well, their most authentic selves. And then finally, it's about promoting individual work-life integration practices. And that's what we do at Modern Mommy Doc. So even though those big workforce and cultural issues are really important, we also have to do things for our employees that foster that individual sense of having a framework for how to integrate, for how to really organize their stress for how to manage their stress in a way that's going to be sustainable. We have to teach people this because that's not something that we have taught in the past. One example from my own life recently, I am in my forties, in my early forties, and my husband is a physical therapist. Many of you know this, and he is an exercise physiology. He was an exercise physiology major in college. And so he's really well-versed in you know, the nutrients and what everything does for you. And then also what exercises are the most effective at making sure that you strengthen muscles that are going to give you the most energy and make you, you know, feel the best in your body and all these things. And so I was talking to him about the idea that, you know, in the pandemic and over the last couple of years that I feel like, man, I'm doing all this really hard work. I'm, I'm going to Peloton, which I absolutely love. I am going to my spin class that I love in town. I'm going to hardcore yoga. And I love those things for the mindfulness aspect. But in terms of the physical aspect of feeling really good in my body and having the energy that I want and also just being able to wear my clothes that I bought, right? I feel like it's not working. And that as I get a little bit older, that there's something that's off that I feel like I'm working so hard, but it's not actually having the results that I want. And 
my husband looked at me and said, well, that's because the activities that you're doing, you are doing so much hard work. You're putting your body out so much in those activities that then you're forcing your body to recover even more intensely. And so your body might recover by not actually burning fat, but instead burning muscle. Your body might recover by you being so tired that then you're not able to do a workout the next day. Your body might recover by you saying, I need to eat a bunch to recover from all this super hard exercise that I was doing that's like a little bit too hard for what your body actually needs. And I thought about how we do that with our workforces, that we create systems, we create structures where people are working so hard and then they have to recover or they feel like they want to escape from it. And if we can just develop cultures that work and at home and within ourselves where we don't feel like we have to recover all the time, but instead we're more consistent, that is going to be the thing that actually gets us the results that we want. So ironically, it's all about working so much smarter as opposed to working harder. And that is what I want for companies. And that is what I want for you as an individual person. If you were here as a mom listening to this and thinking, gosh, I'm working so hard trying to keep all the balls together, balls up in the air, trying to you know manage being my kid's mom, trying to manage running a business or working at a business, trying to take care of myself in terms of my physical health trying to make connections with my friends and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, it's so hard and I'm putting in so much effort. But at the end of the day, it's not actually what I want in terms of results. Then consider that maybe it's because you're doing it wrong. Just like I was with the exercise and the eating. Maybe it's that there's actually a better, easier way. And the reality is I know that way. That way is the conflicted, disentered blueprint. It's, it's, It's really you deciding how am I going to actually look at this and minimize and manage the stress and put every little part of stress that's in my life into its own individual box. So I want to give you permission if you feel like you've been hitting your head against a wall, if you feel like you've been working so, 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 so hard to quote unquote balance work and life or to integrate or to do it all and it's not working that maybe you need a different way to do it. Maybe the way you're doing it, and it's not your fault you're doing it that way. This is like the way we've all been taught, but maybe the way you're doing it is not the way that's actually going to get you what you want. And that maybe you need to think about taking on a different way and thinking about a different path forward that's actually going to be able to serve you and get you so much less stuck food for thought for today. If you have not checked out our app, if you have not checked out our books, if you have not listened to other podcast episodes where we talk more about the conflicted to centered framework, the centered life blueprint, please go check it out. Honestly, I want so badly for you to not feel defeated. I want so badly for you, even if your workplace never changes, even if they never adopt the cultural changes that you want to either you make a change for yourself and you get out of there or you're able to actually live within it, but still have a life that you feel happy with. Maybe your kids, like you never get them to act the way that you want to, but you can still feel secure about your parenting and the, what you are doing with them. So I invite you to go look at all of our resources to start to take action, to start to think about 
what are the things that I can take ownership of while I continue to advocate for change in systemic forces around me, while I continue to want and work with my organization, if you work in a larger corporation or a larger business to affect systemic change. We'll see you next time. How many of you feel like taking care of your makeup needs takes away from your time to do what really matters to you? I know I felt that way for such a long time. I literally never did my makeup unless I was recording for a client or out for a big event until I found mommy makeup. After being a professional makeup artist for over 20 plus years, Deborah Rubin Roberts had the privilege to work for and with some of the best brands and talent in the beauty industry. But it was becoming a mom that became the catalyst for Deborah to develop her own makeup line, Mommy Makeup, clean beauty for busy women like you and me. She figured if she needed clean cosmetics that were fast and easy to use and gave makeup artists quality results, surely other women did too. And she was totally right. Mommy Makeup is talc-free, paraben-free, cruelty-free, and non-comedogenic. But most important to me, it's multitasking. You literally just send them your selfie and which products interest you, and they will reply back with shade suggestions. Instead of using 13 different products, you can use just six multitasking power products to save you time, money, and clutter. Mommy makeup, clean beauty for busy women. That's the only way I'm using makeup ever again. Use code MODERNMOMMYDOC, that's M-O-D-E-R-N-M-O-M-M-Y-D-O-C, for 20% off your first mommy makeup order. Or use the link, mommymakeup.com forward slash modernmommydoc. That's mommymakeup.com forward slash M-O-D-E-R-N-M-O-M-M-Y-D-O-C. And the promo code will automatically apply. mama. If you want more of the modern mommy doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe. So you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.